Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard, hence the eyeball axe on my back if you were watching the stream. If you're not, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Trust me, I have an axe with an eyeball. I actually have two axes with eyeballs. That's just how into eyeball axes I am. Uh, With me this week, just one co-host because Mitch is gone. He'll be back next week. That's all. You don't need to worry about it. Uh, (laughs) I like how you just, Mitch is gone. (laughs) (laughs) I finally threw him in the pool. It was time. <laughs> yes, it was time. Bong. Speaking of items with eyeballs in them, I do have several daggers that have eyeballs. Yes, it it, they, it is disturbing how many. First off, I'm going to actually say, Ann Stickney, uh, hi, Ann. Let's hi. talk about weapons with eyeballs. What is the deal with so many weapons? <laughs> What's the eyeballs? deal with weapons with eyes? Anyway, um, no, it's <laughs> we need like a Seinfeld sting right there. We aren't going to use it because copyright. But anyway, uh. What's weirder to me than the whole eyeball thing is the fact that these eyeballs, like, they blink and they move and they appear to be seeing. Yeah. Well, it's not that weird for, like, considering that the one of the axes talks to me. Well, it's an inanimate object, so you wouldn't yeah. think that it would be able to have, like, a living eyeball in it unless it was alive somehow. And then it makes you wonder, well, if it has an eyeball, does it have other things? Like, are there other parts in it? Does it have a heart? <laughs> The Garrosh axe in particular very much looks like it probably has other stuff going on. Ugh, it's so gross. It's so gross. Anyway, so yeah, uh, what have you been up to this week? Uh, actually, um, I've in WoW, I haven't really done much but level my alt. Uh, Are you doing Noble Garden or no? I'm not really doing Noble Garden because my car- my alt is female. So, uh, Adrenai female, I don't know if, if Lightforge count for the achievement, but I don't want to get someone putting bunny ears on me. So I'm sticking as far away from them as I can. Oh, I forgot about that. The whole bunny. I don't know if Lightforge count. I don't know if any of the allied races count, actually. Yeah, people get kind of desperate to get the one they don't have, whatever it is. Yeah. And a lot of times it's Draenei Alliance side. Um, uh, there's a lot of times where it's like female trolls in particular. Trolls, I've noticed trolls, uh, Forsaken, and dwarves also. Yeah. People get really, really... I had a dwarf, a female dwarf alt for a while I was playing. Um, I haven't really played her in a while because I have so many alts. They're all warriors. Uh, I can't play right. them all. But I had like a level 22 uh, dwarf warrior. And you have to be like level 18 or up, right? I don't remember. Uh, 18 or up, yeah. 
Yeah, so as soon as I hit 18 on that character, I had guildmates at the time who were waiting for me to hit level 18, and then they lured me to Ironforge and like all just hit me with this thing because they were trying to get that achievement. I was like, what is this? This was a scam. I thought we were going to do a dungeon. No, we just wanted this. Yeah, see, I have like, I have, I have characters like I have a few female troll characters that are I think hovering at level 20 or so that I made specifically for that reason and what I'll usually end up doing is I'll just take them into a major city somewhere and then go AFK because <laughs> I'm like I know people need that achievement I know it's hard to find I know that particular like that per- these particular races are harder to find than others so I will park someplace extremely visible and let them do whatever it's fine now when it comes to Thanksgiving however anybody trying to hit me with a turkey rifle no <laughs> this is why I really love the class hall edition in Legion because that's where I stayed the entirety of the holiday I didn't come no. out I didn't come out I was like nope I'm going to stay down here. You guys and your turkey shooters can just, mm, you can go places. Uh, I, it's, I mean, if you like that stuff, it's great. But for me, I'm, one of the things I like doing in WoW is stuff that I consider quote unquote low stress. Like yeah. there's times, there's times where I like to do stuff that's harder. Like I, I like running mythics with friends or I like doing raids, but I like doing stuff like going out and transmog hunting out or whatever. Uh, leveling my, my void elf, which I've been doing, I've been leveling my void elf a little bit because the cha- you know that they change transmog. Of course, you know, they, they yes. change transmog. So you can wear like for anything one to 60 on a level 20 character. Yep. My it's void elf. So nice. Looks- yeah. My void off looks extremely badass. They look so good. Yeah, <laughs> like and... from level from level twenty onward, they look so good. Yeah, so she she looks really just she's got like a whole assortment of like, you know, old dungeon gear on and she looks really cool. So I like playing her. I'm not trying to get her level that hard. Like I, I haven't been like focusing on anything. I just like when I feel like playing her, I take her out for a while. But that's primarily what I've been doing. See, my nightborn rogue is dressed very simply. Like, very simply, stylishly, but simple. Um, Specifically because she has, like, a story. I have not run into anybody thus far that has asked her about her story or why she's dressed like that instead of, you know, fancy nightborn clothes or why she's riding a zebra around instead of, you know, the cat (laughs) that everybody else rides around. She definitely did not steal that zebra from the zoo. I'm just saying. Anyway, so yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much actually what I've been doing. I'm at like level seventy-seven or something like that on my on my Nightborn. Um, I'm trying to get to the point where I get to. I'm I'm reaching the point where I need to get to level eighty, but I'm running out of zones that I would really really love to do, and I'm thinking I might uh, skip out on Outland because I'm done with Nether Storm and go up to Ice Crown because I love the quest with the creepy ghost kid. Yeah, I and I just that. want I want to play it far enough to do the creepy ghost kid storyline because that was weird and I liked it a lot. I actually kind of like the opening to Ice Crown, mm, like yeah, because it's got Darian and Tyrion and the whole <sighs> different order thing. And it was that was kind of cool Darian actually. Darian Mograine, so sad. Yeah. I would definitely like to see more out of him. They, they did a good deal with him in Legion, but I'd like to see more out of I him. I need in to level a Death Knight specifically so that I can get through the Death Knight Legion stuff. You know what? You know what I should do? I have a free 110 thing. I should I just say. make a Death Knight and use my boost on a Death Knight so that I can do all that stuff and experience it. Because I really, I don't want to level a Death Knight necessarily. Because I'm already leveling my allied races, but 
um, I would really like to see what's what up in Ice Crown and with Bolvar and with all that other stuff. I'll tell you, the uh, there's, there's. It feels the, like that one will be worth it. The Mount Quest alone yeah. has so many questions that that I know Battle is going to do, talk about some of it, and it's definitely. It's it's one of those times where they did something class specific that's gonna have repercussions that's gonna go forward that you can't ignore. Yeah. And it's they did it a lot with Death Knights this expansion. Death Knights this expansion were basically like, Oh, demons are coming, shot are they? Well everyone's watching that. Shady everything. <laughs> we're just gonna go do some other stuff that's probably not good. Yeah. That's why I was like, maybe that's what I'll use the one ten boost on, because that seems to be that seems to be I'll get the most bang for my buck out of that story-wise because that's a story I still haven't experienced yet in Legion and I want to before it's all said and done because I know all that's going to come back to haunt us it yeah, is we, there's no we, way it's not <laughs> when we were doing the uh, leveling stream I was yeah. playing my, my Death Knight and I remember the when stuff I got to that a... you talked about was like Everyone what? else was like yeah I, I you were like I had to go do something with for the Kieran tour like really uh, I just killed Trollbane, Galen Trollbane, and uh, resurrected his father as a Death Knight. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was only that was only number four on the hit parade. Uh, number two was probably when I resurrected Nazgrim. What? Oh, yeah. Nazgrim meets Death Knight now. It works. Uh, but yeah, anyway, talking to Sally Mograine. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sally Mograine, Death Knight now. It, yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> Draven Dresden in the chat channel says, I can't take my Nightborn Mage anywhere without getting hundreds of whispers. But I guess that I was asking for that when I named her Annie Illusion. <laughs> what are you hiding? <laughs> what are you hiding? Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you were a hunter, you would name your pet that. Yeah, sure. But yeah, we should probably talk about, like, the ton of stuff that dropped today. Um, uh, yeah, well, we should talk about, like, everything. Because there's been a lot of stuff, like, today and there's stuff upcoming today. Uh, Overwatch Stage 3 starts tonight. I'm really excited about that. Because uh, the dragons are playing, and I think Gigori is pl- playing with them tonight, and I gotta catch that. <laughs> this could be the time they actually win a game, guys. Well, I don't know about that. I've just been wanting to see her play. Like, I just want to watch her play. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched any of her streams or anything. She's real good. <laughs> I actually watched one thing of hers because yeah. which, when Brigitte when Brigitte came out. Um, she did a thing basically showing off the character and did that save yeah she yeah that was to use a phrase from my youth she was tripping balls on that that was crazy and Uh, if you watch her while she's playing her hand barely moves because her mouse sensitivity is just cranked all the way up so she has to make like she only makes like these little tiny movements to get away with everything it's insane like just watching her play is is just She's a really good player, guys, so I'm really excited. I don't know if Shanghai's going to win their game tonight. I really hope they do. Uh, I believe they're playing the Fuel. I think they're kicking off the whole start of Stage 3, and it's going to be the Fuel versus Shanghai. Um, So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Since we're talking about that, though, um, Overwatch, the Uprising thing is coming back, but it's getting a change. Uh, They called it Declassified. And I don't know exactly no. what it is. But the comic is out. No, it's not declassified. So Overwatch is doing this thing called. Uh, well, you know how they had the uprising event last year, right? Where it was mm-hmm. the whole PVE yeah. event thing. Okay, yep. so they had that event, and everybody really liked it and everything. And then at the beginning of the year, when Kaplan was doing his developer update, he mentioned that they were going to be doing uprising again, but they were going to be making some changes and doing something a little bit different. 
so that it wasn't the same thing every year, which I really appreciate because I know we were just talking about like Noble Garden and the WoW holidays. Part of the reason the WoW holidays are getting a little stale is just because it's been the same thing every year. So yeah, like I, even when they update it, it's basically just some stuff, like new right. stuff. Right. So I really like what they've been doing with uh, with this, where they're trying to like they're giving us some different stuff. So Jeff hopped on to do a developer update this week, and he brought lead engineer. His name's Tim Ford. He's a lead engineer on Overwatch with him. And what they were talking about was they were talking about the Uprising event and how Uprising was coming back so that if you missed it last year or if you missed getting some of the skins or any of that other stuff, you can actually go ahead and do the event as it played out last year and complete all of that. Um, So you aren't missing out. If you miss one year, you aren't missing out. You can still go back and play that content. But they were also going to be adding something else. And whatever it was, it was also going to include a new skin. And he hinted at the skin and he said it was uh, something about uh, there was going to be a skin featuring everybody's favorite Shimada brother. Well, Genji got a skin in last year's Uprising event, so I don't know if this means that Genji is getting another skin, which I'd be okay with, or Hanzo's getting a skin, which I'd also be okay with. Either one of them is fine. I'm good. Um, Regardless, the last thing that they said in that developer update was like, it was something like, get get ready for the, the, uh, what was it? retribution yeah it was like get ready for the retribution or get ready for retribution um be ready for retribution so everybody was kind of like huh uh some events or some people were apparently visiting blizzard for like a press thing and some snapshots got out that showed a banner for something called overwatch retribution um which is kind of like it's another one of these events. Well, the other thing that they talked about in the developer update was that they were calling these types of events Overwatch archives. So basically, it's any event that took place in Overwatch's history that they've decided to make a PVE thing out of or just make an event out of that's considered an Overwatch archives event. So Uprising is one of these Overwatch archives events. Retribution is going to be another one of these Overwatch archive events, which kind of opens it up so that they can do a bunch of these over the... And they don't even need to do it just at this time of year. Like, they could pop these out anywhere. Wouldn't really matter. Um, Are they going to? I don't know. But they could. I mean, this opens it up so that they definitely could if they wanted to. Um, Retribution. You should talk about the comic, though, shouldn't you? Retribution. just came out. Yeah. There were a bunch of rumors about what was going on with Retribution, including, like, a leak from somebody... Uh, one of the Chinese media people who said that Retribution was being called uh, the Venice Operation in China. Nobody really got what that was all about. But they just released a comic today. I'm so happy. <laughs> I was hoping we'd get a new comic. And uh, this comic is it involves events that happened eight years ago in Overwatch's timeline, uh, about a year after the Uprising event, essentially, in, in, as far as the timeline is concerned. Uh, and we get introduced to Gerard Lacroix. Lacroix? Lacroix? Is that how you pronounce that? It's uh, don't ask me. Yeah. It's French. Um, I apologize to any of our French speakers because mine is really terrible and I've never studied it. But, so Widowmaker's husband, essentially, the one that she gave the axe to before she became Widowmaker. Yeah, he's alive in this comic and he's actually doing stuff. Now, what we knew about Ger- Gerard good old Gerard was that he was 
leading up all of the Overwatch investigation into Talon. That's why Talon wanted him taken out was because he was the one that, that was like relentlessly hounding them and trying to pull them apart and, and get rid of them. So the Retribution comic is basically something went down in Oslo and Overwatch knows that it's Talon, but their hands are kind of tied because the person that they think it is is somebody who is very heavily protected by, by, by the government like even if they tried to pin him with anything the govern he had he had like you know inside deals with people in the government who would just get him out right but there was like this conflict going on where Reyes just wanted to go catch this guy and like lock him up for questioning for a little while which really wasn't legal at all and of course Morrison wants to do the legal thing well Gerard was saying he's like look we have enough information on these people we've gathered enough information that no we cannot confront this guy directly but all of his little safety nets that he's got we can go ahead and start pulling those out because we have more than enough evidence to get them locked away and then he won't have anything to hide behind and then we can get to him okay no problem Except that um, things go down and stuff happens and Gerard isn't able to do that and Reyes is really upset because honestly Overwatch has been losing a lot of agents to these whole, this whole talent thing and he really just wants to jump right in and get retribution for all of the things that Talon has been doing to Overwatch. And he brings this up to Morrison and Morrison's like, I can't sanction this. Like, I can't. And Reyes essentially says... Well, nobody has to know that you did. Nobody has to know that I'm doing it. Because he's talking about the whole Blackwatch secret ops thing. So they're all going to Venice. Blackwatch is going to Venice. And they're going to hunt down this guy, Antonio, the Talon guy. And the people on the mission in the comic are Reyes, obviously, McCree, Genji, and Moira. The cool part about this is that in Moira's intro story... uh. It's mentioned that her involvement with Overwatch was discovered after the quote-unquote Venice incident. So what we're seeing here is probably going to really heavily, like, this is, this is where the axe starts to fall on Overwatch. Um, I don't know anything else beyond that, though. <laughs> the comic is really good. You should totally read the comic. Um, the other thing that's cool about this is... If you are planning on Overwatch or watching Overwatch League tonight, and you should absolutely be planning on watching o Overwatch League tonight, because during the broadcast, uh, I believe Kaplan said that he was going to be there and they were going to have some more video material about the Retribution event. That's coming next week. It's coming April 10th. Cool. Uh, I noticed one thing in the comic that I don't want to talk about because I don't want to do spoilers, but mm -hmm. there's a very familiar looking female character in the opening bit of it mm -hmm. who is keeping herself somewhat incognito looking. That has implications for stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually who I think it is or not. I don't think it yeah. is. Because if it was, then somebody else would be recognizing her. I don't know. We can talk about this later. Because <laughs> yeah. I do have theories, but yes. At this point, though, I'm going to remind you of the times that you can talk about something for the podcast. Oh, my gosh. We've been talking this long. We have. Okay. Anyway, if you enjoy our show, you should consider checking out Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. With Curiosity Stream, you can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries wherever you happen to be. In other words, it's like Netflix, but it's for documentaries and education. Um, 
honestly, documentaries, I mean, I know that it's kind of like a niche thing, but there are thousands of really cool documentaries out there about all kinds of stuff. Uh, Curiosity Stream has a bunch of original educational programming too, like Stephen Hawking's Favorite Places. Uh, it's really worth checking out. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. You can try the service with a one-week free trial, and the subscriptions only start at like $2.99 a month, so it's actually pretty cheap to get a look at these things. And New shows are added every week, so it's actually worth sticking around. The cool part about this is, like I said, it's sort of like Netflix, but it's for documentaries. And I know that Netflix already has like a selection of documentaries to watch. They have nothing on Curiosity, so it's really worth checking these guys out. Again, you can find them at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity, and every new subscription supports our show and everything that we do. Okay. Uh, other thing to mention real fast, because it's kind of more of an in-joke for us than anything else, but uh, <laughs> Madan, the character from the World of Warcraft comic, who is the son of Medivh and Garona, is no longer part of the World of Warcraft story. Uh, if you've got Chronicle Volume 3, you look him up in the index, and the page number is 404, which did, the book does not have 404 pages. The book pages. is 183 pages. 404 yeah. is 404 not found. <laughs> yeah, so basically they've just quietly shuffled him out, which they had really kind of been doing ever since the comic. Like, they've brought everything else from the comic into the game except Madon, and I don't feel like this was a, like, I don't feel like this they was made, a huge change, but... They made, like, one very small reference to him, and I think it was the Velen short story... And I don't, I don't know if they it. mentioned him by name or not. I can't remember. But it it could, again, that could have been, oh, that was just one of those alternate future visions that Velen was seeing and it wasn't actually real. So, I mean, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, but at any rate, they have basically said quietly, no, that didn't happen. So I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But then, <laughs> you know me, I, I've long... Long for him, yes, I know. I have long maintained that Madan is a pretty okay character for a comic book for the video game not so much but for a comic book yeah he's fine i mean look at comics <laughs> see i honestly look I at the ridiculous like... stuff that comes out of like dc and marvel on the reg you know i mean madan is really not that far-fetched when compared to some of these people so that's fine it's just not so much with the uh, in-game lore so i'm not i'm not upset they gave him the boot Really I just, I, I honestly do think that, and we've talked about it on Lore Watch, and we probably will talk about it on Lore Watch again. So, I, I don't feel that. I feel like they they made a good decision here because it expands out what the story actually was. There's the, the people. The, this book was like 183 pages to cover a lot. Like it's a you say 183 pages is pretty big. It's really glossy, full color. It, it, all that's true, but they covered a lot in this book. You're covering and, Warcraft three, Warcraft three, the Frozen Throne expansion, World of Warcraft, Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King, Cataclysm. All yeah, in so, one, all in 183 pages. Yeah, there's when you read the book, there is a lot of um, compression because by necessity, you kind of need to just say this happened, this happened, and move on. Uh, one example is that they basically break Day of the Dragon down into two lines. Yeah, they, they kind of glossed over it, but the thing is, is like, they basically, the stuff that people are really familiar with, they kind of glossed over it, or they compressed it, or they kept it, you know, kind of compact, because people are already really familiar with this. They don't need to write it down for the umpteenth time, right? 
not really yeah, necessary. Exactly. But it also left them free to kind of expand on characters and places and things that didn't really have a lot of expansion. Again, this is all stuff that we're going to talk about in Lore Watch this weekend, so we'll yeah, just we're not really, hold it for yeah. that. <laughs> just, just if you are one of those people who wants to understand what the book is doing, it, it's very much uh, a, it's a very good broad summary. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't trying to throw absolutely everything at you. But uh, moving on from that, uh, this is they. They opened up Stormsong Valley uh, in the Alpha. I believe mm. last week they opened it up. Yes, and it's so pretty. They also opened up Voldoon, which is the uh, so now basically all Voldoon the starting zones. Voldoon was like yesterday. Yeah. So these are the st- all the starting zones are now open. Um, they also put in. They've started the first part of the the oh god I can't remember Heart of Azeroth the, the first Azerite. part of the Heart of Azeroth yeah. yeah. That one of the pieces of gear is now, when you start a character, you now have a piece of Azerite armor. You'll be getting pieces of Azerite armor throughout the expansion. Um, so that's that's new and interesting, and that's the that's still that, in testing. Yeah, yeah, the way that the Azerite stuff works, and again, it wasn't really implemented so much um, in early alpha. But as I was questing and stuff, every now and again, something that I killed would drop some Azrite. Or I'd open up a treasure chest that I found randomly in the middle of nowhere, and it would give me a little Azrite. Like, it was just, it wasn't anything that I had to hunt for. It was just stuff that I was kind of encountering naturally over the process of questing. So it was somewhat similar to Artifact Power, but with less of an emphasis on hunting for it, and I would you say. Didn't, it doesn't collect in your bags or anything. Like, it said that I picked it up, but then when I went to look for it, it was nowhere. Yeah, you and just get it. It, it just it happens. It wasn't applied to anything because I wasn't wearing any armor that it could actually, like, apply to. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to play with it just yet. Because, again, this was all implemented yesterday. But... Yeah, I've, I did a little with it this morning just yeah. to, to write about it. Um, one of the things is the system is basically, if you did the, the Netherforged Crucible for your uh, relics, yeah. it's not dissimilar. It's, uh, it's yeah. It works a little like instead of having the the way the the nether like crucible worked is it's kind of like a like a, a pyramid where there's like one thing up top and then it branches off and you go as you go down and there are more traits to unlock. This one works sort of backwards from it right now. The UI is the UI is not done like this. None of this is done. This is super early in the alpha for this. This is the beginning of testing of it. So anything I say, you know, keep in mind that. But you start off with like one trait that everybody can get. Uh, and then three traits based on your class. Like every class has these different traits. And those traits are kind of spec locked. Like the one I noticed I was playing in the Demon Hunter is the one I noticed. There was one, the Demon Hunter only gets two because they only have two specs. So they get the one that everybody gets and then two more for three. Okay. Druids, Druids get four. They get one for every one of their specs. And everybody else gets three plus the one everyone gets. So most classes get four at the top. Uh, Druids get five at the top. And uh, Demon Hunters get two at the uh, three at the top uh and the demon hunter one and the one i noticed was uh oh i oh, something like frenzied bite or something it it was no pain you know it's like, like you know pain for power or something it, it gives you like it gives you more healing when you're using your your abilities and it's very much a tank ability it's very much the uh Wait, vengeance it gives ability. you more healing like it actually heals you over time or it's like when your stuff falls off it gives you like an absorb shield oh okay so it was very much uh, something you looked at and said, oh, this is a tank thing. Uh, there's various ones for various classes. I, I didn't get to look at all of them. And they start off with, like, the, the top one starts off with between, like, three and five, depending on your class. The, the next one is, like, three, 
Uh, and maybe sometimes they, they vary depending. Again, it's like you have a DPS one, a healing one, a tank one. They kind of feel like they're, they're linked into your spec. Then there's two at the next level, which is basically just a damage one and a healing one. And then the one at the bottom is just the one that raises the item level of the piece of gear, just like currently the relics when you do it in the, in the Netherforge Crucible. So yeah. it's, it's basically the same idea, but a little different. Uh, front loads more interesting choices. And then the, the top one is just, oh, hey, you get to the top. Here's, here's five item levels. Because these are pieces, you're going to get them as you level. Yeah. So you're going to replace these. You won't keep them. So they're making it more of a system that, you know, you might want to keep it longer because now you got the five item level bump. It'll make it a little bit better and you don't have to replace it as fast. There, there's a, It's an interesting system. I, I don't know how long it's going to stay that way. But it's not, by far, it's not the, all that they've done. Um, how long it's going to stay so- interesting? Well, yeah, well, the thing is you're going to have three of them. You're going to have three of them, yeah. and if they're all the exact same... That's that, true. Yeah, if that, I, who cares then? Uh, I'll take all three. I'll just have three pieces of gear, so I'll have everything. Right. But if each piece has different stuff, like if your headpiece has different stuff than your shoulder piece, which has different stuff than your, you know, whatever the other piece is, because I forget at the, top at the moment. But if each piece has different traits then it becomes more of an interesting decision of choices where if they all have the same traits, well, I'll get this one on my hat and I'll get this one on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. That's not interesting. But that's not – I want to talk about Stormsong because you've actually been there, right? You're taking pictures? Yes. Um, I have been zipping around the zone and stuff, yes. So what was your impression of it? Uh, I know that there's some kind of like the, – the, you didn't get to see the story so much as you just got to see what it looked like. What, what are your impressions? What do you think of it? I think that it's very pretty. I have not had a chance to play through all of it yet because work, but um, the bits that I have gone through are kind of fascinating because there's kind of a weird um, back and forth going on between the residents there. There's a horde presence there. There's a, there's a bigger horde presence actually in Stormsong than in either of the other two zones. And then, um, and they're very active. And then there's a third thing going on where there's another group of Colterans who are, they may not have the best interests of their people in mind. And that's all I'm going to say about that because I don't really want to like throw out too many spoilers, but there's some serious stuff going down. Um, There's some serious creepy stuff going down. Now, out of the three zones, I think I can't pick a favorite. As far as Colteris goes, I can't pick a favorite. I love all three of them for different reasons. Because Drustvar is like this creepy, creepy zone with this creepy, creepy storyline that is amazing. And I love it to pieces, right? Um, And it's kind of dark and creepy. And I really like that. Tirisgard's sound is, it's all coastal stuff. And it's all like ships and 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 this really major huge city like Boralus you you don't understand how big Boralus is until you're standing in it it's huge it is so big um we're talking like Suramar level huge city that is just populated with humans and you go there and you hang out and there's all kinds of like just different areas and things to do it's not even anywhere near fully fleshed out yet but the whole zone in and of itself like the whole of Tiragard Sound is just it's gorgeous. It's it's really super pretty. And then you go up to Stormsong Valley, and there's a lot of things going down in Stormsong. <laughs> and I don't understand all of them just yet. But when, when not to spoil, but when 
there is a giant island off the coast and there's the head of a squid thing that's just carved into the rock you kind of have to wonder huh what's going on over there <laughs> this does not feel like a good thing no yeah. <laughs> it doesn't and generally it my, isn't yeah. but i in, don't know in, yet I in my got... experience in world of warcraft giant squid heads never go well for me yeah and i haven't gotten that far in the storyline to like discern everything that's going on but there is some absolutely fascinating stuff going down i really love kol Tiris, and i mean i play my main character is a horde character so kol Tiris is probably not the first zones those aren't the first zones that i will be loving leveling through on live but i'm really enjoying them so far on the alpha um, and I can easily say the same for the Horde Zones. I have not been into Voldoon yet, unfortunately. Um, again, it just opened last night, so I haven't had the opportunity to check it out, but I will be checking it out over the weekend. However... But Zoldazar is astonishing. Zoldazar is so just stunning. And then the other one, whose name I forget... Nazmir. Nazmir, thank you. Um, I wanted to say Zol something, but it's not. Anyway, Nazmir is also full of... It's like swampy, it's overgrown, but then it's bordered by that desert. But then on the other side, there's all these little hidden alcoves with like sparkly fireflies and stuff. And then there's terrible things going on. And then giant dinosaurs all over the place. I mean, they really outdid themselves. Yeah, I, leveling really, on both sides. Yeah. And I know that there were some people who were concerned because there's only three zones per faction, right? Oh, but they're huge zones. Each of these three zones is like two regular zones smushed together into one mega zone. So it's more like there's six on either side that you're leveling through here. They're gigantic. There's there's just a substantial amount of content here. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, I've been, when I go to the alpha, I've basically been doing more Horde than Alliance stuff just so I can see stuff I'm not going to see live. Yeah. And the I did not think I I was not looking forward to do three zones worth of troll stuff. I straight up say it. I was like, oh god, three zones full of trolls. I was talking out my butt. Uh, I was completely wrong. Um, Zoldazar is if you like if you're one of those people who's constantly bringing up Game of Thrones, this is the political intrigue zone you want to play. Uh, it's got this whole deep story about what's really going on in the Zandalar, what what their culture is like, what's who's who the power players are, what their secret motives are. Um, not to get into spoilers, but that's definitely worth checking out. And Nazmir is the creepy Lovecraftian bog you've always wanted. Like it, it's straight yeah. up. It's this... It's got elements of body horror. It's got elements of outsider horror. It's got elements of, oh, God, what is that thing? Um, there's cool Loa stuff. There's Baron... Sam, you know, Baron Samini. I can't remember his name. Um... There's lots of it. There's just, uh, I, I really am impressed with this so far. Uh, again, we'll we'll see how it goes when it goes live. We'll see if they keep the content going like they did in Legion. If they if they keep it up like they did in Legion, like if they have more story stuff down the road and a really good system once you hit one one twenty, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because there is there, these zones are huge. It's it's already crazy good, and I mean we're just dealing with like the very early vestiges of like the leveling experience these zones don't i don't think that everything is even fully implemented just yet no no it's and, not. and i mean there are dungeons out there that haven't been opened up yet there's a lot of other content that we just haven't seen yet this is just like the very early stages of what's going on but it's super good you guys like i don't 
I don't think I can emphasize enough how good the leveling content is right now. And honestly, you know, when they came out with Warlords of Draenor, say what you will about Endgame, and goodness knows I've said more than enough of my share about the Endgame in Warlords of Draenor, the leveling experience was phenomenal. And they carried that over into Legion and then improved on it even more. And it yeah. feels like they did it again with Battle for Azeroth. Like they're doing, it, it's, they're honing in on that kind of perfected, perfection sort of leveling experience that's just kind of a joy to play. I, even in Legion, once I played through High Mountain once, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to play through that again. I mean, it's okay, but it's not my favorite zone in the world. Same thing with Stormheim. I really liked it, but repeat playthroughs, it gets kind of annoying, right? Um, I have not, there's not a zone that they've come out with yet where I could say that. They're all fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and they're big enough that you could probably... There's good stuff in all yeah, of them. <laughs> you could finish your way through a zone without being done with all the zone has to offer because yeah. there's just so much going on yeah there's like but, a main storyline and then there's a whole mess of other stuff going on that you have to like you can hunt down and find it if you want to or you can move on to the next zone it doesn't matter but um there's a phenomenal amount of stuff to do to do when i say that it's like two zones jammed together i really mean that you guys <laughs> they're huge they're just they're gigantic right. <sighs> there well, we should move on changes yeah, I was going to say, they're, uh, they didn't do the thing where everybody wanted, where they removed the quest limit entirely. No, they, but they the counter is back. Yeah, the counter is back. And they've um, they've taken a lot of quests out of your quest log. They don't count. If, it, if a quest is bind to a count, if it's basically an account-wide quest, it no longer counts for your 25. So stuff like pet battle quests don't those, count anymore. Yeah, those don't count towards the 25 anymore, which is nice, but... I would still like them to lift that limit. I mean, they don't have to, like, remove it entirely. But if they wanted to bump it up to, I don't know, 35? 35 would get me where I need to be, where if I if I hit the limit of that 35, then I would go, okay, yeah, I need to go turn some of these in and get this done. 20 is just, the 25 is just, like, it's not quite high enough. In a know. world in a world where they introduce so many quests and some of them take a long time to complete because they revolve multiple dungeons and raids and stuff. Right. I think it's time to bump it up. I, I understand that if they bump it up, we're gonna hit that cap too. I get that. Whatever they bump it up to, we're gonna hit that cap. But in a world where you introduce so many quests that you can't get rid of right away, that require you to go hit a dungeon or go hit a raid or go hit multiple raids or farm for an item for a while then it's getting to the point where you need to bump it up just because you've introduced so much stuff that requires to be in there. After a while, it's just, I got like 12 quests just sitting here in various stages of completion. I can't take any more. That's, that's a problem. You need to, you need to expand it. The other cool part that they did, and I don't know how widely this is going to be implemented or if it's going to be implemented behind beyond this one little purpose, but when you're tracking the low-level quests, all of the daily quests, they have a new effect, so they're easier to spot. Because when you track a low-level quest, it shows up as that light yellow kind of color. Mm -hmm. It's like an off-white color. Um, you don't necessarily... Daily quests, obviously, they're all blue, but there's no way to kind of differentiate or it's hard to differentiate between 
what's what with those. They've added an effect where if you're tracking those low-level quests and it's a daily quest, the quest giver actually has like a little soft beam of golden light above them. So you can tell where they're at really easily. <laughs> yeah, they, they, Which they I stand appreciate out. a lot. <laughs> so yeah, that that's that's a cool change. But yeah. uh, one change that I don't know people are going to like as much, uh, we found this one out today. Um, the WoW Remote Auction House, which a lot of my friends use. I don't know how much you mean your friends use it. It's going away in like two weeks. Not it, even two weeks. Yeah, it's going away. It's going bye-bye on, what is it, the 18th? Yeah, April 18th. Yeah, so like a couple of weeks here, and then it's, yeah, two weeks from today. It's going to be gone. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I guess it was always kind of buggy anyway, because people were talking about how it was kind of buggy and not really working correctly or whatever. So maybe that has something to do with it. Now, for people that are using Blizzard's API to access the auction house for other websites, so like stuff like um, the Undermine Journal and all of that, they'll still have they'll still be supporting that. So you can still access it that way. It's just the remote auction house that's being disabled. That API interface stuff, that's all staying put. Um, so yeah, you just won't be able to use the, the Armory app to do your auction house stuff anymore. I know I know several people that are going to be disappointed about this because <laughs> they would keep track of their auctions and stuff on their phone, you know, while they were at work or whatever, and it was really handy for them. And they really enjoyed doing things that way. I never did I, it that way myself, but I have a friend who makes a lot of money in game with the auction house. And one of the things he said to me was that uh, the auction house, the remote one, makes it easier to auction uh, unique items. Yeah. Because right now, if you have a unique item that you want to auction, you have to like physically go to the mailbox, get it out, come to the auction house put it in the auction house, go back to your mailbox, get the next one out, because you can't carry more than one, because they're unique. So you have to... Ooh, ick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing that the mobile auction house solved for him. So he didn't even try to put... like I think it's fishing hooks he was doing. He tries to put them up only on the remote auction house. He doesn't use the game interface to do it. He does it out of game, because out of game, he can just do it, and it's much faster. Because you're not trying Uh, to carry it in your bags, so there's no... There's no, no physical limitation. No, oh, you can't pick that up. You can't pick up that second fish hook because you already have this one in your hand, and it's really heavy. And for one reason, for for some reason, you can only carry one of them. Yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, if you two of those, you'll punch yourself. What are you talking about? That. So yeah, that well, that's. Well, I'm just imagining this like preposterously gigantic fish hook that this dude is hauling to the auction house. Like that's like a boat anchor. Yeah, huh? you can only carry one. That's why. But uh, yeah, so that that's one place where the remote auction house was useful. A lot of people, like you said, like to check their auctions at work or set up auctions or just know that they'd gotten an auction off. I mean, it's one of the things you not having to wait till they got home. Right. There's lots of stuff about it that people will miss. Blizzard, I mean, one of the things Blizzard said was it just wasn't all that used. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I that might be true. I didn't use it. I, um, a lot of, uh, I know people who do, but I didn't. So... It's possible that the people who did use it really loved it, and then a lot of people don't use it. So that's certainly one thing that could be happening. Yeah. I don't know. But at any rate, you know, if you do use it, uh, it's going away on the 18th, so get used to not having it, I guess. I don't know. Get prepared. Say all your goodbyes. (laughs) Set up the auctions you want to set up now so you can have them be done by the (laughs) time Make sure all the fish hooks are in place before. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I got to admit, I don't know. I don't really know why they're 
disabling it, except maybe it's just requiring too much effort to try to get it to work at this point. Because it's it's been up and down a lot. Um, the entire the, the the mobile app in general has actually been kind of up and down. It, it's so it's possible they want to focus more on other stuff that people are doing. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. But, or maybe uh, they're working on a Battle for Azeroth app. Yeah, that would be nice, quite frankly. Uh, the Legion app was very useful. It was very useful, and I enjoyed it a lot. I don't have it on my new phone anymore because it's outlived its usefulness to me, um, mostly because my character has pretty much done everything that I wanted her to do. And all I'm doing is leveling alts now, and I don't really care anymore. But at the beginning of Legion, oh, I used that thing all the time. It was great. It was it was very good for missions. Uh, I yeah. I don't do a lot of I do like one or two missions. Just if they're gold missions, I do them nowadays. I do Otherwise, gold I missions. Really... I do the pet battle missions so that I can get the pet trinket things because there's still a few toys that I'm missing from the pets. Um and oh uh tokens rep tokens for uh, the army of the light because there's one elic that I'm missing and that's it. Those are the only missions I do anymore. Yeah, I basically just do gold missions or uh, I still do artifact power just because I don't know if I have a real reason for it. I'm, I don't know what I don't weigh artifacts at. I think it's pretty high. but Yeah, it takes such a crazy. I think I'm up to like 390 billion or something to the next level of the thing that does the thing. And I just don't care anymore. <laughs> it's OK. Yeah, you, when I when I look at things, they explode. That's about where I need to be power level wise for me to be happy going into the next expansion. I'm good. I'm good. Thank yeah. you, Legion. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, there's I, anything one, else? What do you yeah. yeah, there's one other thing that we should mention. Um, if you're playing Heroes of the Storm and you have Twitch Prime, which you can get that packaged. If you have Amazon Prime, you've got Twitch Prime. Uh, they're actually giving away some goodies for Heroes of the Storm. Between now and May 1st, you can claim a free legendary loot chest, and there's more to come in May and June as well. So, uh, including a mount. There's going to be a mount at some point. It's called the Glitch Steed, and it's a horse with a purple and white blanket, um, which is pretty cool. So, these are freebies. You don't have to do anything for them other than link your Twitch account to your Amazon Prime account. And then you can claim this stuff. I already got my legendary loot chest. I got... What did I get? It was a skin. It was a good skin. It was a good, good skin. Ah, uh, it was um, Tyrael, but it was the fell, the fell skin for Tyrael. And cool. he's, I... he's really cool looking. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, I just wanted to really quick. If you if you're uh, looking to do this, the uh, first reward, which is the legendary loot chest, at least one guaranteed legendary item, that's from April second to May first. Uh -huh. The gl the glitch steed mount and five rare loot chests, um, that's May first to May thirty first. And those loot chests, they gar they they contain at least one guaranteed rare item. So yeah, and then uh, May thirty first to July first is the five rare rare loot chests, and that's it. So, so you get 10 rare loot chests, a mount, and a legendary loot chest. And the only thing you have to do is link Twitch to your Amazon Prime account. Yeah, so um, that's if you're doing, a pretty if you're playing Heroes, solid yeah. deal. <laughs> it's a solid deal. Uh, and the, uh, the glitch deed is that same basic... There was that horse with like a kind of a, for lack of a better word, tablecloth on it. Yeah. Uh, it's basically that, but with the Twitch colors on it's it. It's purple and white. It's like purple and white yeah. checkered. And the thing is, is like... Even if you get, like, you Twitch Prime, you get, like, the Heroes of the Storm stuff, but you also get access to, like, a bunch of other bonuses. Um, April's free games, they include Tales from Borderlands, SeaWorld Dig 2, Kingsway, Tokyo 42, and Dub Wars. And then 
along with the Heroes of the Storm loot, there's loot from other games that you can get. Uh, Fortnite. I know a lot of people are really into Fortnite right now. There's free stuff from Fortnite with Twitch Prime. Uh, Final Fantasy, World of Warships, Paladins, Terra, and Call of Duty World War II. So if you play any of those games and you're looking at stuff, again, hook up your Amazon Prime account with Twitch. It's all good. You get the free stuff. I don't see anything wrong with this. <laughs> free stuff is good. Um, I, I love oh. having Twitch Prime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, at this point we've got emails. Um, we can probably do one or two, uh, yeah. so we're going to give it a shot. Uh, if you have an email for the show, send it to uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show. And uh, that's basically it. You know, keep them relatively short so we can get fast through them because, you know, obviously we had a lot to talk about this week. So, uh, Anne, if you don't mind. Okay, first email is from Charles Zhu from... Melbourne, Australia. Wow, way out there. Who says, I need your help with Mr. Wiggles. The pet, guys. The battle pet. Says, I just saw the data mine graphics update coming in Battle for Azeroth and it horrified me with their new pig model. Mr. Wiggles has been with me for a very, very, very long time. I cannot accept him being made into any less cute as he is right now. We, as digital cute animal enthusiasts, need to keep Mr. Wiggles as is. His graphics model cannot be updated to the new Battle for Azeroth pig model. Mr. Wiggles must remain as is currently. I don't care if the new model is new and more pixels and better light. We're talking about Mr. Wiggles here. It's important. Kind regards, Charles Zhu. Um, I agree with you fully, Charles. Mr. Wiggles is uh, probably one of the standouts of my pet collection. I love him to bits. How can you not love him? Um, I don't actually have him on the alpha, so I can't take a look at his model or anything. I don't think that he's changed, though. I think that the new pig models are specifically for pigs that are on Colteris. And they should be kind of ugly, honestly. <laughs> if you knew what went down in Drustvar, I'm just saying. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, as far as I know, I they haven't there's anything to worry about. Yeah. I don't think Mr. Wiggles is changing. I don't think. Have you seen anything? I haven't, but I really am not the guy. <laughs> I, I very rarely take out one of my five pets at best, and usually it's like... <laughs> Like the pets are either collector's edition pets or just there's like one or two that I really like. Like the the one that I named Thomas Wolf, which is a it's a Morgan. It's the one the big bad wolf drops. Oh yeah. I, I named him Thomas Wolf and I pull him out all the time just because it's a, it's a book joke. That's that's basically it for me. So yeah, I have Mister Wiggles. I just don't bring him out that much because I don't I don't do pet battling. I just kind of like to have a battle pet with me from time to time. I will double check, but I don't think that they changed him at all. Um, I really don't. I don't think that they changed him at all. Any of the battle pets that I have that begin with a mister are automatically, like, they're my best friends, and I love them very much. I don't know why. <laughs> Mr. Wiggles was just the start of the collection. Uh, there are a lot of pets out there that begin with mister now, for whatever reason. I will take a look, though, after the show, because I am kind of curious about this, but I don't think that the pet battle models, I don't think that those were affected. Um, the models that you saw were specifically for mobs that are actually, like, out there in the world. Some of them you kill, some of them you just look at and go, ooh, that's a really realistic, ugly-looking pig, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think Mr. Wiggles came under any of that, though. Um, okay, so, uh, next email is... This is all mixed up here. I think if the next one is the literal next one, it's from that Dialis person. Oh, okay. All right. 
Uh, so the next one is from Diallas who says, so never played Diablo before Diablo 3. So if this was answered already, I apologize. But what's the deal with Imperius? Was he always like that? Does he just not like mortals or does he specifically not like me? Because it feels kind of personal. <laughs> Uh, Imperius is the <laughs> Archangel of Wrath. This is so, a, good, this is a yeah. good, good, good question. I love this one. Yeah, he's his his technical title is the Archangel of Valor, and he's all about bravery and fighting. But he's getting crabby. Uh, if you if you saw the really cool Wrath short they put out a few years ago, um, when the the Archangels went into Hell with the basically on a mission to capture Diablo. And Diablo managed to play Imperius enough that Imperius murdered him on the spot, which meant he got free. And thus they, they had lost him. They could have held him, contained him, and permanently disadvantaged the forces of hell. But Imperius's anger got the better of him and he lashed out. That's sort of who he is. He's just – he's a jerk. That's just – Imperius is a jerk. Uh, when you see him in Diablo 3 – It's not that, you. It's him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like that with everybody. He's even like that with other angels. Like he does that to Tyrael. Like when you first see him in the flashback. To be fair, Tyrael wasn't exactly on everybody's best terms at that no, point in time. No, it's true. Tyrael had blown up the world stone and kind of screwed They, they weren't up. happy with him. Anyway. No, but the, this was a guy who was technically Imperius's equal. They were both on the Injurious Council and he treats that guy like that. So he's. Yeah, he thinks of you as something that probably should have been scraped off his shoe a long time ago. So he's not thrilled to see you. And but it isn't you. He'd be like that with literally anybody. He's not a friendly guy. When even in like um, Reaper of Souls, when uh, when oh bloody heck, I can't remember the name of the bad guy from, from Reaper of Souls. Malthiel. Malthiel, thank you. When Malthiel's forces attack the Gate of Heaven, and Imperius is like, he dares to attack us. He's still like, you know, he he was my brother. Uh, but you're going to go kill him now. So he, he's not he, he never warms up. He just stays like that. That's him. He's a jerk. I don't think it's personal. He's not warm and cozy. Never has been. All right. Uh, next email. This is probably going to be our last one. This is from Lothos, Blood Elf, Pride, Paladin on Asdol Nerub, US. Um, I'm glad that you have Blood Elf. I also have Blood Elf. Play one of those. Like it a lot. They say... We still haven't heard anything about a remastered Warcraft 3 after that whole what is Blizzard up to thing a while back with flying in Warcraft players for that Invitational. Did I miss an announcement or did they just not make one, Lothos? They did not make one. <laughs> it was all about the Invitational. There was there was nothing about a master, remastered Warcraft 3. Yeah, they had the Invitational. I mean, the Invitational happened. Yeah, it did. Uh, and it was cool. Yeah, that's very cool. But as far as I know, I've not heard anything about... Warcraft 3 remastered. It's just something that we've been wanting and it's been something that we've been talking about as far as this is a thing that should happen. Has it happened yet? No. Have we heard anything about it? No. They haven't said anything. We were sort of hoping that with all of these people being flown in for a thing that it was going to be something exciting like that. But it was just the Invitational instead. Which is still pretty cool and everything. It's just not quite as cool as that. Oh, hey, we're remastering Warcraft 3 and bringing it to, I don't know, mobile or, you know, something like that. that or even just been... putting it on the launcher. That would be cool. Putting you know? it on the launcher. Releasing it for the Switch. I don't know. Any of those things would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be cool with all of them. <laughs> Warcraft 3 on the Switch would be bigger than Diablo 3 on the Switch. I Both of those at the same time in like a yeah. package, like a Blizzard Blizzard Classic package that had like... 
and then they could throw in they could throw in Blackthorn and uh, rock and roll racing while they were at it. Lost Vikings, just like make it a thing. It'd be a the collection. death and rebirth of Superman. It'd be a collection. It'd be great. They're never <laughs> gonna put saying. the death and rebirth of Superman out again. No, never. But no, it's it's actually um, it's weird because Blizzard used to do stuff on consoles more. Like they actually put Diablo, the original Diablo, out on the PS One, the original P- PlayStation, uh, and and Warcraft. Um, I think it was Warcraft Two was also on the PlayStation. You could get it. So I'd be down to see, you know, Warcraft 3 and all sorts of places. That would be great. I think a lot of people would enjoy it. A lot of people haven't gotten to play it um, because for a while there, it was like computers had gotten too advanced and didn't know how to run it anymore. It's a very old game, but it's a good game. Like, it holds up to the test of time. It just needs a little polish, you know. Yeah, the the StarCraft Remastered treatment would be really good with WarCraft 3 because you wouldn't even have to do as much. Um, A lot of it would be fine. Uh, It would be nice to see it with better models, but yeah, it it would be really cool. I I just, no, we have not heard anything. Anyway, thank you for the email, Lothos. Um, But that pretty much wraps us up for emails. We'll just carry these other couple of extra ones over to next week. It's fine. Um, again, if you guys enjoy our show, consider checking out Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. It's got a ton of different documentaries that you can check out. It's like Netflix, only it's two ninety nine a month, which isn't really bad at all. And they keep adding new stuff every week, which is also pretty fantastic. You can find that at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. And every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for this podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be here next week. 